Is this the real life? Is this just fantasy? Caught in a landslide? No escape from reality. Hey everyone, welcome to an online friend simulator because everyone can use a friend, even online. I am your friend, Francis, aka the other guy, here to let you know that you're not alone in this world that's increasingly crazy and weird and wacky and oh so. Oh man, I don't know. Hi, how are you? Hope you're doing well. I. I actually had an episode ready and waiting to go. It is in the can, as they say, ready to go and distribute amongst the people. But I realized something. That I have been talking about things that have been fairly controversial, at least in the last episode. And I had one ready, you know, last week. You would have actually had, you know, a weekly episode. Or maybe two weeks. And now you've waited almost like a month for this one. And I have to apologize for that. Because I fought with myself in regards to that last episode. I really did. I fought with myself. I debated on whether or not I should put it out there. And as much as it talks about things that I wholeheartedly believe in and agree with... I also think that it doesn't fit into the framework of the online friend simulator. I don't believe it actually what it what it does is that it it, it, it puts me in a position where I could potentially get canceled, I guess. Um I don't know. We get canceled for weird things, right? And I say a bunch of stuff that I just felt was too touchy for a show that is about bringing people together. And it was very angry. And one of those things I'll actually talk about here is I actually don't think that part will get me canceled in any way, shape, or form. But I was also thinking maybe I'd put it up as a bonus episode as a Patreon exclusive episode where you can kind of hear what I end up talking about and actually you do hear you don't even get to kind of hear it and you do hear it and where I kind of where I express myself I kind of stop saying the filler kinda where I express myself in a way that I feel would be unacceptable to certain groups of people and so I Try to be as neutral about it as possible. I am very honest, but also stating that I am sincere in my convictions. So I think maybe I'll put that as a Patreon exclusive, especially since I only have, like, what, one or two people, or two people in my Patreon right now. So, I mean, you know, why not, right? Otherwise... Yeah, I figured I should do probably a regular episode of the Online Friends Simulator today. One that isn't as controversial, one that isn't as maybe um, 
something that would uh, not be, I mean, super friendly. I mean, I do everything I can to be like, hey, I, I am a friend to you, despite how I feel about this particular t- topic and subject. But also, I know that, again, we live in a world where very small, minute things are taken and used against us in the court of law. I also had someone else listen to it. Uh, well, I had my girlfriend listen to it. And, and though she uh, is all for it, also feels that maybe it is too hot for TV. <laughs> remember those remember those late night shows where they're too hot for TV? Anyway, she also had one in glaring... <laughs> One glaring comment and how I take forever to kind of get to the topic at hand. I do a really long intro, mostly just to catch you guys up on my life, mostly just to let you know what's going on in my world. Um, and in this case, really briefly, because again, if you are, you know, I don't have too many listeners anyway, but if you do happen, if I do happen to decide to put this up on Patreon, um, You'll hear me say some of the stuff again. But anyway, uh, just wanted to say, hey, go watch uh, Shang-Chi. It's a good movie. Fun. Uh, very uh, different, I guess. It's, I mean, it, it's the same as most Marvel movies, but a little different enough to where it's entertaining. It has that really nice um, Chinese kung fu martial arts vibe to it. Um, and And the message is a little bit different. I mean, it is world-ending, but also very close to home. Very close to home. Been playing more PlayStation 5 now that I have one. Uh, That's a lot of fun, trying out the new Miles Morales Spider-Man game. I mean, graphics-wise, amazing. Um, Loading time-wise, amazing. It's it's pretty incredible uh, what technology has done for all of us in the gaming world, specifically. Um, and yeah, I'm good. I'm really having a good time with that and Mortal Kombat fun times too. All right. Otherwise, yeah, life is good. Life is good. I, I wish I had, uh, more specific things to talk about, but I'm going to save that for later when events happen and things happen and stuff that is fun hopefully happens. So we'll talk about that soon. All right. Anyway. I am also doing this kind of impromptu because, again, I already had an episode ready to go, so I'm going to do this one not with a topic of myself, uh, for myself in mind, but one that was provided by Right Cal Left Coast, uh, where I still have a few more topics to talk about. And again, if you're interested, go ahead and leave a comment at sincerestarcasm.net uh, under one of the episodes, and I'll be sure to talk about stuff that you want me to talk about, uh, anything you're interested in. Because yeah, it's 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 crazy, yo. Everything's crazy. All right, let's get into this, shall we? Just logical. The needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few, or the one. I think those are probably the most iconic lines from Star Trek movies. I think even even people who don't like Star Trek have heard that phrase. I mean, obviously, it's been said before this movie, but it's 
pretty heavy and pretty powerful stuff, I think, for a lot of people. And I wanted to kind of use that as my jumping off point into gratitude. But of course, before I can even talk about gratitude, I have to kind of talk about something that I mentioned in the Forbidden episode, the Lombada of podcasts, if you will. Uh, That's only funny. I'm pretty sure that's only funny to me. Um, I talked about how no matter who you represent, who you're batting for, if you're in an argument nowadays on any type of social media, we kind of resort to the same old things. Keep saying kind of. We resort to the same old things. We regurgitate something someone else said. Oftentimes, I just see a lot of cut and paste in arguments about anything. If if it's something you disagree with specifically, even if it's something you agree with, you just kind of cut and paste. Said it again. You cut and paste words that people say, have said, smarter, more eloquent and articulate people. You get their words, you cut it, and you paste it into the conversation to make yourself sound smart, right? Make yourself sound sophisticated, like you know what's going on. I think the vast majority of people don't actually know what's happening in the world. They just word vomit something someone else said, and it's pathetic. And I yelled and screamed how we're children because oftentimes that also leads to us calling each other names, So if we can't argue or if we disagree with someone, if we don't cut and paste, we automatically just call them a name. We call them a loser. We call them a sheeple. We call them a this. We call them a that. We just use insults nowadays, and it's so childish. We are just just the most pathetic little children. And, oh, maybe I'm going to get mad again (laughs) because I was so mad and angry that this is kind of – This is the discourse we've decided to follow, is that we just call each other names. Well, we don't even bother to look at anything, look at any other side or whatever. We we, we, We are done. We are done being empathetic. We are We are done being grateful we are done with that like we are just done with everything you know we are so angry as a society we're just so fed up over things again that we've been spoon-fed by smarter more malicious and more um, evil people and i'm not you know i'm not sticking this to one side or another right now it feels like everyone has this agenda the people who actually do the research and the people who actually know the stuff, they all, everyone has an agenda and very few people are trying to calm the storm, trying to bring peace amongst people. Very few people care anymore. And if you're uh, if you're listening to this, if you're an, an OFS show person and you're listening to this, you're in the same boat as I am, where you're thinking, I, I just want to be cool with people again. I just want to be... I, I, just want, I just want the way it was. 
back in the early 2000s and 90s where, yeah, we disagreed on things, but we shared ideas and shared thoughts and shared emotion. And for that, I was and continue to be grateful. So, why does this lead to being grateful? I don't think we are grateful anymore, actually. I don't think we're grateful anymore. We don't have any gratitude. Of course, again, this is a topic from Ray Calif Coast, who wanted to talk about the way gratitude should be accepted and how your life is not as bad as it could be. Now, I'm not actually into that argument of how your life is not as bad as it could be. I think that's a bit of a... I was almost going to say scapegoat, but I don't know that's actually not the right word. But let me just bring you back to a time pre this sh- show and pre a lot of the shows that I've done. Uh, I, I, well, many years ago, over a decade ago, I diagnosed with, with clinical depression. And it took taking medication to kind of, again, change my attitude towards things. I hated the world. I thought everyone was out to get me. Or not, well, yeah, in a sense, everyone was out to get me. I felt like nothing would ever get better. Nothing would ever change. Things would just get terrible and miserable. And if you look at current social media right now, and if you look at the world right now, in the bubble of the internet, it kind of looks that way, right? Like the world is just in just perpetual terror and every day is a terrible new day and nothing good will ever happen and we'll continue to go down this rabbit hole of despair and sadness and that's what depression is Uh, i think the embodiment the digital embodiment of depression is like twitter twitter is this endless hole quite often i mean you'll see some sparks of light some sparks of hope but the vast majority of it is this this endless pit of despair and there's no way to climb out of it because people are trying to win you over to their side or trying to pick fights or trying to troll and my favorite thing is when i see people whether they feel they are the representative of justice and good and wonderfulness and they argue with someone who knows more than they do and then they just kind of again resort to name calling (laughs) and calling you a poopy head and I always find that interesting and funny because it's not necessarily that the more informed person is right it's just that the more informed person is more informed (laughs) and it's always interesting to see you can never be too informed And also, don't engage. That's the other thing. I don't know why people are so compelled to engage with these people. And just... I guess people want to fight. People want to fight. I think people want their civil war. People want that that separation. They want the the successions of states and stuff to... You know, they, they want this battle, I think, that a lot of people do. You know, so you can see why there's no room for gratitude because there's a whole lot of hate going on, whole lot of hate, and not a lot of thankfulness and not a lot of appreciation. There's some again. There's light. 
little, 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 you know, like in a cloudy day, you see those little holes in the clouds that light beams down onto the earth and it looks beautiful and majestic, like God reaching out to the, you know, to the world below. That's what the positives on the internet is, especially again, Twitter. You see it, just little beams of light. So what is gratitude? What is gratitude? I have a couple of uh, episodes. I have a couple of uh, articles, one from Berkeley uh, and the Greater Good Magazine from, I believe this is 2017, so it's a little bit old, a little bit old, and one from Forbes, which I want to say is uh, 2019, so a little bit uh, more recent, but I couldn't find anything about gratitude Really, I probably if I did more research, if I probably did more digging, maybe I would have found some more articles uh, in regards to gratitude that are more recent, but uh, not not um, not too much. I didn't even know that the something called toxic positivity apparently (laughs) uh, from the Atlantic. Oh man, okay, I got to do this one because I want to know what toxic positivity is. This is last minute edition. I didn't even know this existed until now. So let's go ahead and look at this. So it says the opposite. uh, So the uh, title of the article is The Opposite of Toxic Positivity. Tragic optimism is the search for meaning during the inevitable tragedies of human existence. It is better for us than avoiding darkness and trying to stay positive. Which I want. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Uh, let's see what this says here. Countless books have been written on the power of gratitude and the importance of counting your blessings. But that sentiment may feel like cold comfort during the coronavirus pandemic when blessings have often seemed scant. Refusing to look at life's darkness and avoiding uncomfortable experiences can be detrimental to mental health. This toxic positivity is ultimately a denial of reality. Telling someone to stay positive in the middle of a global crisis is missing out on opportunity for growth, not to mention likely to backfire only and only make them feel worse. As the gratitude researcher Robert Emmons of the UC Davis writes, the deny that life has a share of disappointments, frustrations, losses, hurts, setbacks, and sadness would be unrealistic and untenable. Life is suffering. No amount of positive thinking exercise will change this truth. Uh, I, I, I agree somewhat, but I also, again, disagree rather wholeheartedly just based on my own experiences. Now, mind you, I'm an anecdote. So don't take me too seriously. <laughs> take me with a grain of salt, um, and a little, little, you know, little twist of that pepper grinder on my head. Just, just take me like that, because, yeah, the last year and a half, two years have sucked for a lot of us. Like the world has been in, again, uh, not only have we been stuck in, indoors and stuck online, but uh, we have been combative and we have been hateful and we have been angry for most of that and very few things show any hope or any light at the end of that tunnel because it feels like this thing is going to last forever now i'm going to say something controversial i think that we're going to have the coronavirus with us forever i think it's endemic now i think that we just have to learn to live with it now it's up to everyone else to kind of catch up because it's not going to go away. <laughs> and I always, and I always find it funny that they're like, well, look, I'm vaccinated. I'm 
it's something I, I don't shy away from saying I have it. I have my card with me in case I need to use it to show proof. You know, I, I'm, I do that stuff just because I kind of figured that's it, you know, that's more convenience than anything else. But I always find it fascinating when people are like, well, the people who aren't vaccinated are causing these variants, which is like the strangest thing I've ever heard <laughs> about a virus. So the virus that can easily get into people is mutating into different things. Why? It's mutating into people who are vaccinated like me because it has to find a way to get into my system so it can survive. That's what viruses do. They change, they mutate, they become different so that they can survive in an environment that they would otherwise see hostile, like a place with with a, um, a, a vaccine, right? While people who have it already... The vaccine, you know, the virus tries to attack the immune system if they have already the virus and they have a natural immunity. Instead of evolving because they can't get in, they think, "Ah, oh, I'm in. I'm good." You know, I don't know. I'm not a virologist, but I, I do think it's fine, kind of funny that they think that 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 maybe it's both people. Now that I said that, maybe it's people who are immune and people who have the vaccine that are the ones that are mutating this thing. Anyway, it doesn't really matter. I just always find it funny. It's like. The, 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 the logic behind, like, well, the people are... Anyway, I guess it doesn't really matter. You either have it or you don't. I... Uh, and look, I, I know I'm actually okay talking about this. Like, look, you gotta do what you... I said it before and I'll say it again. Do what your doctor tells you to do. Don't don't listen to me. If doctor tells you not to get it, don't get it. If doctor tells you to get it, get it. I'm, I'm, I'm no medicine. I have no degree in medicine. None. Zero. Nada. I just know that there's a thing called the capitulum in your bones <laughs> and uh fascia you got some fascia too anyway sorry i took i took like anatomy and physiology for like a little while action potential is like my favorite thing anyway um <laughs> no one no one cares about that stuff but anyway gratitude right so positivity right um I don't. I don't agree with that first paragraph. Now, mind you, I'm not going to read the whole thing. Um, it's not too long, but I just don't want to read the whole thing. Uh, but it does. Uh, oh, yeah. So let me just talk about that one first paragraph. Um, I think it can be positive in tragic times. I think that's the only way to survive tragic times is to have that positivity. Not not necessarily um, unrealistic positivity, where like, oh yeah, I. Uh, am surrounded by a, you know, we, we have this pandemic. I'm never going to get sick. Like that kind of positivity is, is, is ridiculous. I think you will inevitably get, everyone will inevitably get sick from this thing. I think, um, luckily it's, it's highly survivable. And even though the symptoms suck and it's terrible, um, again, I got my vaccine. I'm saying if you, if you need to get it, go for it. I'm not. I'm not telling people to do anything. I'm not your mother, yeah, but you know. Um, but we have this mentality. We, we may feel like we need to give up, and I don't feel that's a good idea. I don't think that's a good kind of alternative either. <laughs> Feeling like, well, the reality is, you should just give up. Yeah. I'm just. I mean, accepting isn't giving up. Accepting is understanding that we are in a situation in which we can manage it and control it. But it's not something we can eliminate altogether. 
And so let's get back to some normalcy here because it's not just, it's just something that we have to learn to kind of cope with. And if that's through vaccinations and you need to get one, go for it. If you don't want to, okay, fine. Whatever. I just don't want that argument. I just, I, I hear too many, I hear podcasters being like, do it, do this, do that. I'm not here to tell you to do anything. Because, uh, and it's not my responsibility. You know your body better than I do. I know other people say you have to do it. I, you, you know you're better. You know, you know your body better than anybody. So tragic optimism. So, so they do talk about gratitude here. They say, hey, look, um, uh, there is a distinction between gratitude and gratefulness. Gratitude is a momentary emotion. Gratefulness is an, is an overall orientation that is not contingent on something happening to us, but rather a way that we arrive to life, which I think is a great idea. Gratefulness is a good thing to have, I think. Um, part of being human is that we will forget our past suffering and start to take our current life for granted. But as Nelson notes, and Nelson, I believe, is a uh, is Christy Nelson, the dir- executive director of a network for Grateful Living, says that um, the work is to remember more often than we forget. So it says here, the, great, the gratitude researcher Lillian Jans Becken and existential positive psychologist Paul Wong wow, uh, created a gratitude scale to measure the tendency people have to feel grateful for all of human existence, not just the positive aspects. Their scale includes items such as, I am grateful for my life, even in times of suffering. I am grateful for my inner resources have increased as a result of overcoming adversities. I am grateful for the people in my life, even for those who have caused me much pain, which I I 100% agree with those. I am thankful that I have something to live for, even though life has been very hard for me. I am grateful that every crisis represents an opportunity for me to grow. I have learned the importance of gratitude through suffering. Now, the word suffering, you know, they say life is suffering. I, I, I think everyone has a different interpretation of that. I don't know if necessarily life is suffering, but I get where they're coming from. I think this is great, actually, right? It's very positive, which I think is that mindset that I talked about, you know, either last episode or the episode before is like, you know, it's your outlook on life. It's your outlook on things that really determine how you approach situations and how you approach the negative. Like, can you learn from it? Can you grow from it? If you can't, well, okay, then what can you do with it? Instead of looking at the problem, look at the solution. Thank you, Zedekazul Zorander from the Sword of Truth series. (laughs) One of his many lessons was, you know, you, we as people have a tendency to just concentrate on the problem and never try to look for a solution. But instead, we should now focus on solutions, re- recognizing that there's a problem, but focusing on that solution. I think that's very great. I think that's really um, a good idea. Of course, there's also, again, my favorite rule in the Wizard Rules, uh, the, the Rules of Wizardry in this book series, in this fantasy book series. But um, again, Fiction has an often often plucks from reality, but people are stupid is like the first rule of uh, wizardry, and I thought that's really funny because I think we are. I think we're kind of we we kind of just take again like the, like they said here, take things for granted. We just kind of take things on the surface level instead of actually genuinely looking at it and thinking about it and 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 molding it to our to ourselves. But um, let's go into the Forbes: the power of gratitude and how it raises your happiness level. I just want to point out one thing about gratitude now. It says the best way to reach your contentment is to want and feel grateful for what you already have. 
Studies show that if you express gratitude, it raises your happiness by 25%. Now, it doesn't tell me what studies. It says, yeah, uh, when you take a breath and step back, your heartfelt thankfulness for your blessings slows you down and fills you up. This is a time to count your blessing. All things you might have overlooked, forgotten, or taken for granted instead of complaining about what you still need. Which is very, like, a Christian thing to do. A lot of religions do that. Count your blessings. Be grateful for what God has blessed you with. Things like that. I think that's why a lot of people who actually kind of follow the tenets of, of Christianity fairly closely are pretty happy people. Uh, we atheists... Like myself, I don't necessarily have a you know, religious uh, foundation of any sort. Uh, we have the harder time of, uh, I guess, finding it within ourselves. But we can find it within ourselves. We don't necessarily need a, a deity to kind of remind us what is important. We have ourselves to do that. And we could do that 100%. I don't see why not, at least. So, you know, according to this uh, article, it's a really short, it's actually a fairly short article, um, it says here, His Holiness the Dalai Lama says there are two ways to reach contentment. One is to acquire everything you want and desire, <laughs> which uh, I think is probably impossible unless you're a, quad, a billionaire, right? An expensive house, sporty car, fashionable wardrobe, gourmet foods, perfect mate, exotic, well, perfect mate. I mean, I, I think I have a fairly perfect mate, but also, I mean, we're humans, so obviously we're flawed naturally, so there's no such thing as a perfect mate, I guess, other than as perfect as can be. Uh, exotic trips, uh, uh, exotic trips and a perfectly toned body. The list is endless. The problem with this approach is that this type of wanting is a bottomless pit and never leads to contentment. Sooner or later, there will be something you want but can't have, no matter how many hours you put in or how hard you work. Uh, how hard you work. The second and more reliable approach to contentment is to want and feel gratitude for what you already possess. When you have a strong sense of contentment, it doesn't matter whether you, whether you obtain the object of your desire or not. You're content either way. I think I've reached that sort of, like, I used to want stuff like physical things all the time. I always want to buy new things. I always want to kind of have stuff. And I've reached the point where I now think about everything on whether or not I need it. Now, mind you, there's stuff a lot of there's a lot of things I want. I got something I wanted. I got the PlayStation Five, for instance. I worked towards that. Now, did I need it? No. And I wasn't upset that I didn't get it ninety percent of the time. Sometimes I did because I'm like, man, I, I, I you know, I, I did, I jumped through all the freaking hoops that this website and and these Twitter handles told me to do to get this thing, and I didn't get it. So sometimes I'm a little upset, but most of the time. Pretty just like, okay, well, I didn't get it. No, I'm moving on. Moving on with life. It's cool. And I think that's a great way to live is that, like, for instance, I found my girlfriend at a time where I didn't want or seek or need um, a partner. I was content just kind of doing my own thing. I had recently cut it off of someone who was, of whom I was dating that was... You know, and then like three or four months later, just kind of in, reveling in the new, like, this is my new normal, back to being single again. I'm perfectly fine with that. I get to play video games. I get to create podcasts. I get to create stories. I get to do all these things again. Yay me, right? And then someone came out of nowhere, and 
isn't that quite often how it works, right? And so I'm even happier now. I'm more grateful now because I have uh, things that I didn't even wasn't even looking for or wanting at the time. Just kind of you know there it was. So being content with the things that you already have and being happy with kind of the world that you live in, I think is necessary, especially now. Just again, a lot of us who may feel alone, who may have feelings like nobody else understands us, it's really tough to feel contentment, to feel grateful for the things that we have, to feel thankful for what we, for our blessings, because we feel so alone sometimes. We feel like no one gets us, or that too many people are too hard-headed and too narrow-minded for us. And so we see these people around us in our immediate social circles or in social media, and we just can't relate anymore because everyone has this weird agenda. And it's strange because it's people who you never thought before would have a, a root for these types of teams or or fall into this kind of, fall into this, I almost want to say routine of having to, to cheer on ideas and stuff and never listen to anyone else and be shut off from anyone else who may have an opposing or, or even slightly different idea. Like I always find it fascinating when a group of people believe in something so much they are they are feet dug in the ground. We're not going to change our minds. And then something that their team says that goes against them. They're like, oh, no, no, they're, oh, well, they've always been for the other guys. They've always been for the enemy anyway. I don't believe them anymore. And it's like, no, they're saying, what? These guys were your friends like two seconds ago, but because they say something you don't agree with now, they're the enemy. Like that makes zero sense to me. And we're just opposed to new ideas now because it doesn't fit. We, we have constructed this, this sandcastle where the slightest idea that is the, the slightest thing that opposes or like the wind goes in the wrong direction. The sandcastle falls over and we have to you know, protected by by putting up barriers and making sure that nothing blows these sandcastles down. It's like, why are we so adamant to not let these sandcastles build and grow naturally based on new information? Like, we hate... We, we're, like, so opposed to new information now. It's really strange. And this is why we're not grateful. This is why we're not grateful. Because we're stuck in the past. We We refuse to move forward. We refuse to see beyond our noses. We just want to hold on to what we have greedily, not gratefully, greedily. We hold on to what we have because we feel that the moment something that slightly goes against what we're thinking or slightly goes against what we believe in automatically like destroys everything we've ever had and, and, and our world is shattered. It's like, no, it's not. No, the world is ever changing. <laughs> the world is ever growing. The good guys change. Sometimes we think these guys are the good guys. And then, no, no, these guys are good guys now. No, these guys are the good guys. It's just, it, it, it's ever flowing. It's ever, it is like an ocean. It's never the same. And we have to learn to live with that. So the last thing I wanted to talk about is, um, 
there's a, again this Berkeley study uh, where uh, there's research uh, that expresses how gratitude works to improve our mental health, and it does. Right? Again, a lot of us are men, are kind of in a depression. A lot of us are fighting bad mental health right now because. A lot of us are these sandcastles that we are not allowing, that we're not not only just not appreciating, but we're also protecting too much to the point where we are like rigid. Oh my God, I was going to say something like profound, like which I've heard, I'm pretty sure I heard somewhere else where like, we are the branches that break, we're not the ones that, that sway with the wind or whatever. Um. So number one, according to this study, uh, gratitude unshackles us from toxic emotions. So they, uh, it, it talks about the study itself, but it says um, about letter writing uh, to people who we are grateful for. And it said, uh, let's see here, we compare the percentage of positive emotion words, negative emotion words, and we words that participants used in their writing. Not surprisingly, those in the gratitude writing group use the higher percentage of positive emotion words and we words and a lower proportion of negative emotion words than those in the other writing group. However, people who use more positive words and more we words in their gratitude letters didn't necessarily have better mental health later. It was only when people use fewer negative emotion words in their letters that they were significantly more likely to report better mental health. So not only do we have to be positive, but we also have to be less negative, which is, again, impossible on the internet as, internet as we see on Twitter, where everyone is negative and calling each other names, you childish babies. Stop it. <sighs> mm. I don't know. I just like just have a discussion, <laughs> talk, talk like normal human beings. Um, <laughs> gratitude helps us even if you don't share it. So they're saying even the people who don't who wrote the letters but never sent them uh, showed signs of, of mental health benefits, even if they didn't let the other person know. They just needed to express their gratitude somewhere. But also here, number three, gratitude's benefits take time. It's important to note that the mental health benefits of gratitude writing in our study did not emerge immediately, but gradually accrued over time. Now, again, this is letter writing, but I think this is any form of gratitude we have towards other people. Like, it's like expecting to water a plant once, and all of a sudden, you have your apple tree, right? You have your little seedling. Put in the ground, you water it once, like, where's my apple tree? You no, know, it takes time, like with everything else. But the most important thing, this is the one I, this is the one I wanted to get to. It says, gratitude has lasting effects on the brain. This is why we're, again, we're suffering, because there's not enough gratitude in the world. And so our brains are mush. And about three months after, the, according to, the, and here's the article, after three months after the psychotherapy session began, we took some of the people who wrote gratitude letters and compared them with those who didn't do any writing. We wanted to know if their brains were processing information differently. They used an MRI scanner to measure brain activity while people from each group did a paid-forward task. In that task, the individuals were regularly given a small amount of money by a nice person called a benefactor. The benefactor only asked that they pass the money to someone if they felt grateful. Um... We found that across the participants, when people felt more grateful, their brain activity was distinct from brain activity related to guilt and the desire to help a cause. More specifically, we found that when people who are generally more grateful gave more money to a cause, they showed greater neural sensitivity to the medial prefrontal cortex and a brain area associated with learning and decision making. This suggests that people are more grateful, who are more grateful are also more attentive to how they express gratitude. 
Most interestingly, when we compare those who wrote the gratitude letters with those who didn't, the gratitude letter writers showed greater activation in the medical, uh, medial prefrontal cortex when they were experiencing gratitude in the MRI scanner. This is a striking as the, uh, this effect was found three months after the letter writing began. This indicates that simply expressing gratitude may have lasting effects on the brain. While not conclusive, I wish it was, uh, this finding suggests that practicing gratitude may help train the brain to be more sensitive to the experience of gratitude down the line, and this can contribute to improved mental health over time. Yeah, right? The more grateful we are, I think the happier we are as a species, the better we are as people. All right, look. Uh, that's all I want to talk about. Because I'm, I'm grateful. I mean, I think that's why I've been able to be so positive in life in general. I mean, yeah, I got a little yelly and angry about stuff. You know, which who wouldn't given the circumstances. But I mean, overall, I'm a pretty grateful. I'm pretty happy and grateful for what I have. Like I have a, you know, I have a pretty decent life. I have a job. I have a girlfriend that's, you know, loving girlfriend. I have, I have love in my life. I have um, friends who are supportive and, and wonderful, even if I am a terrible friend, which I, again, why do this type of podcast if I'm a terrible friend? But I am a terrible friend. Um, and even though I'm in a, you know... Even though I, I'm in a position to constantly monitor the internet for good and bad things, overall, despite all the negative, I'm still, I still come back, right? And I love, you know, and, and, and I mean, I don't know. This I don't, I don't talk about my giving, like I don't, I don't talk about like charity work and stuff that I do. I don't do much charity work, and I don't give as much as I used to. But I did what I I remember being that type of person, and I hope to be that way again um, when things are kind of normal, <laughs> the normal, and I can do it. But man, do I remember those days where I'm just like, I will give and give and give and give, and I will, you know, do my best to provide and help others where I can. Um, and I just try. Like, nobody has to ask me. I just try. And I hope you will too. All right. Um,. This is going to be weird. I don't, look, I I, I think I'm going to hold off on replying to Raikau because I already did in my Lombada. I'm going to call it the Lombada episode because it's the forbidden episode. I did that already, but I think I'll do it anyway again one more time. So if you, if this sounds like I'm kind of rushing through it, I apologize, Raikau, for that. But it's because I've kind of talked about it already. But you, you, um... All right, so this is from the uh, September, this was from the Alien Isolation episode. It says, most commercials exude confidence. You can be that way verbally. Have you thought of auditioning for VA work on commercials since you're already within the 30-mile zone? One can work published for the good of open knowledge on Wikimedia Commons and the dozens of languages of Wikipedia. Doing movie reviews? How about watching all the Meg Ryan and Tom Hanks pairing movies? Discuss them independently and in comparison to one another. What are the physical and psychological impacts of complete isolation? Haven't they done these experiments for long-term space exploration simulations? Also the opposite. In some situations, many people have been crammed in small places and relative to this group size during this current event. What are the physical and psychological impacts of overcrowding? Have you seen the research uh, surrounding the rats of NIMH? NIMH? experiments 
One of the many YouTube channels I follow is one of a pair of friars. Uh, related to them are monks, some of whom take a vow of silence. But we communicate with others more than just verbally. Living with no face, like the character from Spirited Away. FYI, Star Trek on Netflix is departing in the U.S. by the end of September. Time to binge? Mm. I should probably just buy the Blu-rays. Uh, please tell us about your family, those related by blood, and those who are chosen to uh, consider family. What are your relationships with each of these individuals? How does one maintain or improve them? Are they more main, worth maintaining or improving? If one you consider as family has chosen to end act, active connection to you, how can you resolve that? Is that connection remains so severed? How does one cope? Have you driven Angela's Crest? Driving, I'm just, so much stuff. A driving enthusiast cousin wants to do it again and know you are closer than us in San Diego County. If you go up, want to join us. Okay. A lot of stuff. And always personal, and always kind of like buddy buddy stuff, like stuff that we could probably just talk about in like Messenger or something. Anyway, uh, have I considered VA? Um, yeah, I I think the reason is I lack confidence in in the VA category, especially since I've been to so many kind of VA panels, and time and again, voice actors say, "Hey, look." It's really tough to get into the industry. You have to know somebody. Uh, There's a reason why they cycle through the same 10, 20 voice actors for everything, whether it be anime, video games, cartoons, you name it. You don't really see a lot of new voice actors coming out of the woodwork. And if they do, they often do really minor roles and then you never hear from them again, which kind of sucks. I'm actually thinking about doing movie reviews, I guess, for, like... I surely should do them as uh, Patreon extras. I, I don't have any Patreon extras, and I really should. Uh, I know that some people just have a Patreon, just for the sake of having a Patreon, if people want to contribute. I kind of should just get rid of my my like my benefits for, like, hey, if you're this Patreon... Because I really... It's more just kind of to help me out. I don't... I, I, I should do bonus episodes. I think I, think I really... I mean, I will, I, I think. <laughs> I don't know. Given that I am perpetually lazy, who knows? I may, I may never do a uh, bonus episode, but I really should. Um, yeah, the isolation stuff, that's whole episodes, man. I, I can't really talk about it in a single uh, reply to um, comments, but I guess some of the physical and psychological impacts of isolation is you know atrophy of your muscles because... Uh, studies studies have shown that if you exercise with a partner, you you become accountable, and therefore you will do it more, and therefore you will exercise more and move around more. Also, um, uh, in isolation, your brain starts to do funny things to your head. You start to talk to yourself. You start to maybe even hallucinate a little bit, which I know I did. Um, when I I didn't hallucinate. I guess I hallucinated a little bit, but uh, that was more from insomnia than I guess isolation but like I, I I this isn't the same but I used to when I went to college I used to see how long the day before I ever said a single word because I didn't make friends in college I made a couple of friends in college later on but like there were years in college where I'm just like I didn't talk to anybody and so I didn't I didn't say a word and so I'd wake up in the morning shower Go to class first in the morning to the last, and then my last class at night. I, I often just took a couple days, 
And it's usually those are the only days I, I didn't say anything because I was working in between classes. Like on days I didn't go to class, I was working, so I didn't have to talk. But there would be days where I didn't say a single word, like 24-hour periods where I said nothing. And that's an interesting experience because um, you're just stuck with your thoughts, and that's always tough. Uh, as for crowding, God, I mean, you need your, your space. You, 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 pro- you're more, probably more prone to anger, frustration. You lack privacy, so therefore you always feel like people are in your business. So you get frustrated, you get upset. Um, those these are just off the top of my head type of thoughts with that. And uh, as for the rats, um, I don't know specifically which. I don't know those. I don't know that uh, research around rats. So I'd have to look. I don't know. Um, if you didn't have a face, can you express yourself? Sure, body language, right? Body language, tone of voice. Um. Well, I guess if you didn't have a face, you can talk, right? So, never mind. <laughs> Duh. That's stupid. Uh, yeah, body language. Um, is it, right? That's it. You can tell when you're tired. You can tell when someone's annoyed. You can tell when someone's closed off again, crossing your arms and things like that, or leaning against something or whatever. Like, there's body language is very powerful. So, there's that. As for, as for Star Trek, like I said, I need to just buy the Blu-rays or something. I... I'm not going to binge, um, even though I need to, you know, I'm never going to get Paramount Plus. I, I too, I'm actually thinking of getting rid of Netflix. I just I don't watch any of this stuff at, at all. Um, as for uh, my family, not much, I, there's not really much I want to say about my family. Um, I, I, I really only try to talk about people who are not in my life anymore. And my family's still in my life. So, um, and there's really not much to say. I mean, I have... A sister and parents, um, and I'm, I'm not close with extended family really. Uh, the, all of my extended family are close to each other, but I'm not really close with my extended family, so I don't know what to say about that. As for family outside of that, you know how we call friends, fam- like oh, uh, friend, uh, family's not just blood, right? There are friends, the people we hang out with, the people we feel connected to. I mean, yeah, sure, they, they can be family. Um, I felt that way, you know about uh, a friend of mine in, like, junior high whose family was really close. I thought they were, like, my extended family. Um, you know, my ex's family sometimes when, when we... Well, no, my ex's family, I did feel like they were my family uh, during that time period. So, yeah, like, family evolves as we evolve, right? So, I feel that, yeah, um... I you know I I'm a bad I don't know I was gonna say I'm a bad family member and a friend because I don't know how to ma- it says how do you maintain it right or improve on them um, really improving is just spending time you know you you improve every relation every every time you every moment you give to someone you're improving that relationship every moment you don't give to them you're not necessarily making it less you know l- less. But you're not improving it. You're just keeping it stagnant. Right? So spending time, best way to improve. Maintain, spending time, best way to maintain. Um, and, and again, uh, everything, if uh, worthiness of whether something should be maintained or improved is all completely up to you based on whether, you know, how important a person is to you and whether they treat you well. Um, and if someone leaves actively leaves that that family connection that friend connection then 
you know, you just have to kind of wish them well. I didn't get a chance to do that for a lot of people who left my life um, actively. And so I never had a chance to kind of say goodbye to a lot of people. And I'm really sad about that because I feel that that's a, per, you know, appropriate closure. But as with life, we don't always get that kind of closure. And lastly, um, how do you cope when family, especially someone who's blood related to you, um, separates you um, and you stop talking to them? What that, that's kind of you know, typical in a lot of families, dramas, right? You see them all the time. For me, because, I mean, protecting kayfabe, but, you know, I feel that I, I'm experiencing something like that right now. And how do you cope with that? I don't know. Um, in a perfect world, you don't have to. You just kind of move on. But at the same time, you know, they were family. They were, you know, whether it's familial or friendship-wise, whatever you consider family... They were there for you, and you were there for them. And now they're gone. And you can try to make that, you can try to reach out, I guess, if you really want to. Because again, family, you want, you know, we, uh, it's funny because there's these, there's an, I think like the Asian perspective of family is very different from the Western perspective of family. An Asian perspective is you kind of stay connected no matter what. In an Asian perspective, like no matter what kind of damage they do to you, you still try to keep those connections alive. While in the Western, it's like, well, you know, once bitten, twice shy, you want to leave, good, go away, you're gone. We're not, you're not a part of my life anymore. And so the the removal of people is a little easier in the Western world than I think it is in, in like Asian cultures, from my own, from my own observation. So I don't know, but anyway, I I hope that answers most of your questions um i will try if you want look right cow if you want me to elaborate on anything i talked about that you asked i'm more than happy to the next episode but that's it i'm grateful for you guys you listening right now go to sincere for all ways to communicate with me if you are all interested email um through the website just go there uh check it out and I, I'm really, uh, really happy that anyone listens. Again, I, I, I know not a lot of people do, but anyone who does, I am more than ha- I'm, I'm, I'm more than grateful that I have anyone who listens at all. Um, check my voicemail real quick, as you may have heard some clicking, and uh, no new voicemails and no new texts, which is not a bad thing. It's been a while, but that's okay. Thank you, everyone, for hanging out with me. Thank you for listening. I, I hope you find some gratitude in your life if you can't that's cool you know you're not there yet but hopefully you find some things that can help you get to a better place and help you be where you want to be and uh always know look i'm here right here right here just this disembodied voice here to talk to you and you have a friend in me i will talk to you all next time bye everyone